On this week's episode of Your Town Crime, we travel to Pinedale, Wyoming. We talk about Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and their hole-in-the-wall gang. We also talk about a modern-day hitchhiker who finds trouble. Uh, remember, you can find us on Instagram at Your Town Crime Pod, on Twitter at Crime underscore Town, on Facebook at Your Town Crime Podcast. You can also email us. If you're from one of these towns, we would love to hear from you. Email us at yourtowncrimepod at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to Your Town Crime. We're back for week eight. We're glad you all are with us uh, for another week. Uh, come for the crime. Stay for the scenery. <laughs> He's been working on that. Been working on that all day. <laughs> Maybe we'll use it again. I don't know. But we're, uh, if this is your first show, we, uh, we throw a, a dart at a map every week. And uh, whatever town we hit. Or the closest town we get to, uh, if it's if it has anything interesting, we talk about it. We find true crime uh, stories from that town. We also find out about a little bit about the town. Uh, kind of do a commercial for it <laughs> already. The wasp. We still got wasp. We're in my basement, and evidently the cool weather is making the wasp lethargic, and they're dropping off their nest that's somewhere in my chimney. I think I just area. imagined. So Shannon's something. a little jumpy. <laughs> so we'll be watching out for wasp. We might blow blow your eardrums out with Shannon screams every <laughs> once in a while, but um, she's hearing imaginary wasp now. <laughs> so not as many as last week. I think we've I think they've kind of calmed down, or I've killed them all. Ooh, all right, let's hope so. All right, so this week the dart landed on Pinedale, Wyoming. Pinedale. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week that I had been to Wyoming. I'd been to that area, and you have it. Is that right? No, Jason, you you've been everywhere, I've been and everywhere. I've been nowhere. I, I need to count up how many states I've been to. Uh, it's been quite a bit. I have been to, I haven't been to all 50. I have been to Alaska and Hawaii, though, so got those mm -hmm. two knocked out. Northeast, I haven't been up to Maine in that way very much. Dakotas, I'm lacking those. Might be it. Louisiana. Haven't been there. Oh. It's the only town, that's the only state in the South. Hmm. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Hey, do you have Netflix? I do have Netflix. Okay. Have you seen The American Murder, The Family Next Door? The American Murder, The Family Next Door. With no. Chris Watts. Do you remember hearing about that? Chris Watts. It was a documentary. Um, he murdered his wife and two kids. It was probably one of the best documentary murder document documentaries I've seen. What was it called again? Um, American Murder: The Family Next Door. Oh no! And well, I think they lived in Oklahoma. Okay. But it was really cool. They had a. I mean, it wasn't really cool the story, but the way they set the documentary up was pretty neat. They had a. The police were the cameras, and the first encounter with 
the husband when they came to the house to look for his wife and kids. You know, seeing him fake it. You know, really? is that was, on body cam? Yeah, it was on wow. body cam, and seeing his reaction to stuff, and it was just you know, in the moment, it wasn't just you're hearing a story. It was really cool to like visually see right. what a narcissist and a murderer would do. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So mm-hmm. that's been pretty recent. Mm-hmm. The body cameras out there. Yeah, that's that's going to change things, and we're going to be able to see like that. I need to watch that. Yeah, one was, more time. What was it was that? pretty good. It was called the American Murder: The Family Next Door. All right. Yeah, I haven't watched any. I watched a few documentaries about this about Pinedale, but I oh. haven't watched any documentaries. I watched a little Cobra Kai oh, on YouTube. That's I, been oh no, they're on Netflix now. They're on Excuse Netflix, me. Yeah, yeah, they're on Netflix. Sorry, that's been my Netflix binge this week. I haven't watched any of it. Is it good? It's pretty good. Out. It came out. The original Karate Kid came out in '84, and I'm pretty sure. Did we talk about this before? I don't think Maybe? so. I don't know. But I, I'm did. pretty sure in '84, which seems pretty young to go to go to Karate Kid to the movie theater, we went to it, and it might have been a little bit older. It might have been two or three that we went to see in a theater, but I can't remember. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it was one. But that '84, we were too young for that. But anyway, Karate Kid's been a part of my life. It did come out in 1984. Yeah, I know it did, but I... I Wondering if you actually went Yeah, we went to the... Th- I know for one of my friend's birthday parties, we did go see the Karate Kid in the theater. But 84, I'm, you know, I may have a memory. I know I watched it, and it might not have been in the theater. I might have several memories mixed up from way back in the 80s, but, you know, I do remember that birthday party and the Karate Kid somehow. But I've, I, you know, that's one of my favorite movies let's see karate kids 84 back to the future 85 back to the future is number one karate kids probably number two have you seen have i seen what <laughs> blood sport yes i've seen blood sport yes i've seen blood sport <laughs> my husband makes me watch this movie at least twice a year and he, as he should i haven't seen it in a long time i would I, yeah, i'd love to see that movie again <laughs> We yeah. have it. I'll just let you borrow it, right. and I'll say we lost it. I need to let make Emily watch it twice a year. <laughs> I made Emily. I've made Emily watch Back to the Future with me. I'm like, this is my favorite movie. Please oh, sit down and watch that it. That is she, a good one. She did go. There's Bessie, my dog. She did go to uh, when they had the 30th, 2015. She did go to the movie theater and watch the first one with me in the movie theater but then she left before the third <laughs> like i watched all three of them at the movie theater oh my gosh yeah I left work early <laughs> yeah nerded out i didn't dress up like anybody but doc there was a guy dressed up as, as oh, doc you should have sitting next to me who would you have dressed up as I don't, i'm too big <laughs> i'd have to been and i've got a beard so <laughs> there wasn't really characters in the with a beard i mean I, biff was the biggest one so I don't know. I guess I'd have been Biff, but with a beard. Well, I'm, not shaving shaved for the that. beard. I'm not shaving it for that. I'm not shaving it for that, nah. Um, but yeah, that's my movie. But Karate Kid, that's my Netflix binge right now. Okay. I also have a, uh, this is a, uh, what's it called when you, when you're, when you do something, but you don't really tell anybody because you're, it's you're not bad. It's just one of those things you do. Guilty pleasure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. my Blanked guilty pleasure you. right now. Oh, this is this is a little corny. Uh oh, are you ready there to tell a, the people? Really, 
There is a podcast called Zach to the Future. Oh. Have we talked about this? I think we have. Yeah. Well, I'm telling it again. And I watch, yeah, every week I watch the episode that they're going to talk about before the podcast, and then I, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> so I watched the Saved by the Bell episode. Excuse me. I didn't say that. Zach to the Future is referring to Zach Morris from okay. Saved by the Bell. So I watch a episode of Saved by the Bell, then listen to the podcast. Okay. So that's uh, pretty relaxing for me. So, yeah, a little crazy and a little nerdy and weird, <laughs> but everybody's got something, right? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I'll watch or listen to podcasts about the Rural Housewives after the episode. Yeah. Don't tell Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Judgment. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been doing this week and I think that might have been what I was doing last week <laughs> I, th- I really do think we talked about that before oh well That's another okay. commercial for Zach to the future <laughs> and evidently there's a YouTube I haven't watched this yet but it's like Zach Morris is awful or Zach Morris is the worst or something like that's what it's called oh. and, uh, he was awful you watched that show like <laughs> yeah. he's manipulating and he's pretty mean All right. but he was so cute yeah, his hair's getting. He is. It's a. What's the actor's name? That plays. Uh, yeah, and Mark Paul Gosler. Yes. That's his name. He's one of the. He's one of the co-hosts. So yeah, he keeps talking about. He's like, my hair got really big this episode. <laughs> and he's not naturally blonde either, so they had to highlight it. And he talks about all that. And then he like, I don't know. It's it's pretty good though. If you watch Saved by the Bell, it's pretty good pretty good podcast to listen to and it's pretty neat to go back and watch the shows and laugh at them so all right shannon you ready to get into it yeah let's go i think we've been talking long enough y'all are tired (laughs) of hearing this okay all right going back to pinedale did you find anything interesting i did i found a couple interesting things yeah i did too it's a it's a small town there's only about two thousand people in it uh but for a town of two thousand they're pretty feisty and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later. If there is a big tourist uh, draw to this town. It's, it's south of Jackson, Wyoming. And, uh, of course, that's a pretty big tourist town, which is close to Yellowstone. Uh, National Park, Grand Tetons, all of that. Uh, so this is just south of there. So it's it's beautiful here just as it is up up a little bit north of, of this town. It, uh, it became a town in 1904. There's a bunch of ranches around there. Um, it had previously been known for, for fur traders and, uh, of course there's a native American population there. I didn't, didn't get into that a whole lot this week. Uh, but obviously there was a native American population in this area at the, that time, uh, because there's an abundance of game, wild game. Mm-hmm. So there's an abundance of food and rivers and so there's good water, there's things to eat. So... If I was Native American, that's where I'd want to be, uh, around a lot of food. <laughs> Shannon's laughing at me. All right, so uh, John F. Patterson proposed they start a town. Uh, so he offered to build a and stock a general store if Charles A. Patterson and Robert O. Graham each donated five acres for a town site, so ten acres total for the town. They agreed to it, so in September 26, 1904, they founded the town of Pinedale. There was a uh, there was already a 
post office on one of them's property, and it was called Pondell Post Office. So they just said, we'll just keep it Pondell. And that worked. So uh, September 26, 1904 is known as Founders Day. And Patterson is the founder. Uh, they they supplied, uh, the towns helped supply the tie hacks. Uh, the railroad was coming through about this time. So the tie hacks were the people who cut down the trees and and shaped the the lumber shaped the logs into railroad ties for the trains. So there was all kinds of there's people from all over the world working uh, a big Chinese population working on the railroad uh, and just people from all over the world coming to find work. They also uh, even back in 1904 and back in the early part of that century, there was uh, people that would come to this town come to town and they'd want to. Uh, They'd hire guys to take them up to the mountains on horseback trips, uh, hunting and fishing trips. And they also had uh, black Angus ranches all around uh, with cowboys and their family and the ranches and the ranch owners and their families. They would come to Pinedale to uh, get their supplies and to have a town to go to. Uh, they did did pretty good uh, with all that, but uh, the, the Great Depression did hurt them just like everyone else. And FDR's New Deal programs came in and uh, they had a bunch of dam constructions. Uh, not a bunch of them. They had a a dam that was constructed in the area. They also had funding for a sewer system, an airport, and a new schoolhouse. And then the CCC, if you all have heard of that, you remember that part of the New Deal programs? CCC. Jason, are you trying to stump me? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> this is the segment we call Can Jason Stump Shannon? And I just did it. All right, yeah. The CCC, um, I remember that. I remember that from history class. There's a lot of places. It's the Civil Conservation Corps. And it was, since nobody had jobs, the government created jobs for, for young men and women to uh, to go around and they – Kind of the national parks were being formed about this time. TVA and stuff is that was TVA's that part of the new that, deal? Yeah, there, yeah, that was in there. Um, but the CCC, they did things like the national in the national parks. They helped form the roads and bridges, uh, trails, trail hit, you know, all that kind of stuff. Building trails, building campsites, and if you go to the Great Smoky Mountain National Parks and go to like a pull off areas like scenic overlooks, and the the rocks that are built like the the masonry. Like the big, I don't know if you know what I'm, you mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. You've been to them, I know, but like all that stuff was built. All those walls and was built by CCC programs. Okay. And Elkmont and stuff around around there, maybe uh, there were some, there was definitely work camps, CCC work camps in the, in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and Cherokee Forest uh, mm-hmm. close to us. But all over the country they did, did things like that, and that's what they did out there. Um. Yeah, everything I just said they did out there. <laughs> so, um, I, I talked about fur, the fur trade and the the Native American uh, culture that was there. Uh, and every every year since 1936, they have celebrated the Rendezvous Days, uh, the Green River Rendezvous Days. All right, so here's some interesting people or an interesting person from Pinedale. Um, I'm sure there's lots of interesting people from around this time, but. This guy I found, his name was Walt Pontini, Patoni, Patini, I don't know, P-O-N-T-E-N-E-Y. That's what it was on his gravestone, they said. Uh, his name was spelled several different ways in the history books, but that's what it was on his gravestone. 
So Walt, he was born in 1870 in Kansas, and he moved to Pinedale in 1926 at the age of 56 years old. Um, now, in between that time, he lived a pretty interesting life. He he was known for being able to break horses, so he's a good cowboy. Worked on ranches, breaking horses, uh, doing that kind of thing, and he was so good that he got hired on uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show oh. and traveled around with him. So that's pretty cool. Not a lot of people did that. Uh, there's another guy. There's a restaurant in, in uh, Denver, Colorado, called the Buckhorn Exchange, and there's a guy there, pretty interesting also. Uh, you need to look into that. Uh, you can pause this and go check out the Buckhorn, Buckhorn Exchange. He rode with Buffalo Bill mm. and uh, two, so I'm sure these two guys knew each other. Um, but that's another story. So maybe we'll hit Denver one of these days and I'll oh. tell that story. So I'm not going to get too far into it. But um, two interesting guys. But this guy, old Walt, he was also, you know, he rode with Buffalo Bill, but he was also a bank robber. He rode with Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. You heard of them? Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? I think so. Have you seen that movie? Robert Redford and, oh, Newman. Pa, uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman, yeah. Man. <laughs> Newman's on. I, oh, this is horrible. I had like, <laughs> I want to tell you what flashed through my mind when I was trying to think of his name. I, I saw his face. I saw Newman's on, and I saw Cool Hand Luke. That's what popped in, <laughs> like eating the eggs in Cool Hand Luke. That's what popped in my head in those seconds where I was trying to think of Paul Newman's <laughs> name. All right. So I just thought you know, somebody out there is going to think about that egg. You know what I'm talking about, Cool no. Hand Luke? Jason, yeah. I was born almost <laughs> the 90s. Well, this is way before I was born, too. Everything I just talked about, the movie Bush Cassidy and Sending Kid was before I was born. Cool Hand Luke was before I was born, and I've seen both of those movies. I saw him try to eat, was it 40 eggs, I believe. If I'm wrong, let me know on social media. Pretty sure it's 40 boiled eggs in a row. Like Ooh. They show him, he's all bloated and sweaty. Oh, I, I bet. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> old Walt, he rode with Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch, and he lived in the uh, the hole-in-the-wall area. Uh, they were in the hole-in-the-wall game, too. That was That's where their hideout was. Uh, but So he lived in that area, too. But he uh, he did get arrested for a, the Butte, Butte County bank robbery in South Dakota in 1897. He was arrested and escaped. So he dude's a bank robber. And he escaped from prison or jail, too. So, I mean, this is like real Wild West stuff. And then they got he got caught again, and he was tried, but the charges were dropped, and they, they think that, uh, that Butch Cassidy hired a bunch of good lawyers for him and you know, got the, the charges dropped. So he's free to go. I don't know what happened to the money, if they still had it, if they hit it, got it back. Uh, but he was able to come to Pinedale and build – the cowboy bar which is still going right oh, now cool. so you can go to the cowboy bar and he started it built it and started it back in with the money he stole maybe <laughs> who knows yeah uh, but that's that's pretty good cool story you know wild west you're out in the wyoming you think about cowboys and uh so there's a story a story for you there with walt um now getting into something i talked about how these people are pretty feisty uh, walt there was one of them but there's also, uh, we want to talk about the, the Wagon Wheel Project. 
Uh, we're going to get into things we've talked about in previous episodes. Okay. Pretty cool. We talked Andrew Texas. We talked about atomic energy. We talked about waste, atomic waste. Somewhere we talked about fracking. I can't remember what episode that was. You remember? Was it not Andrews? It might have been Andrews too. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was. It was Andrew. Yeah. Well, this uh, the wagon wheel project had to do with natural gas and it had to do with fracking. Uh, and I don't think I explained fracking very well. Like I asked you if you knew. I remember that. I asked you if you knew what fracking was. Because you were like, trying to stump me. Uh, that was the. That was that episode's. When I think of fracking, I think of Aaron Brockovich stuff. Well, that's the same mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. So, a better explanation if you heard that episode and you're like, "Man, you're an idiot." That's not <laughs> you didn't even explain it. This is a a little bit better, but still not a very good ex- explanation about what fracking is. To get to the natural gas in the that's underground, the the the. The layers of earth are compacted so much that they can't, it's just in pockets and they can't get to, they can't drill down to each individual pocket. So they try to break up the earth and break up uh, to make fractures to where those pockets are, are have an escape mm-hmm. and then they collect it. So they're trying to, to make cracks in the earth's surface and, you know, way down deep um, to, no, I guess it's not the surface. <laughs> that are trying to make cracks in the earth to uh, let the ga- gas escape so they can collect it. They do it by, Aaron Brockovich was talking about, they use water or they use hyd- hydraulics fracking and they use water and, and other chemicals. And the other chemicals is what Aaron Brockovich was, mm-hmm. that's what her big thing was. And that's what all the other movies are because that's getting into people's water supply. Well, Andrews, Texas, we you know we talked about after World War II, what are we going to do with all this atomic energy we got? Well, another, you know, they they did nuclear power plants, but another thing, they're like, how can we use this? Let's try atomic fracking. So let's detonate some bombs underneath the ground to create these fractures in the Earth's, uh, the Earth's crust to get to the natural gas, and we'll use atomic bombs to do it. Since we've got some, we might as well use them, right? So that's the idea. This sounds completely dangerous yeah yeah well <laughs> that's exactly what the people of pinedale thought you know the people in washington um the and the people hold on a second you just kind of threw me ahead of for a second the el paso gas company the el paso gas company they thought it was completely safe of course yeah. they did no they thought it was completely profitable is right. what they thought of course um so that's what was going on is the El Paso Gas Company was the one that, that had this idea or was helping. Um, it was all coming from the government. The government was trying to find other other uses for it. And El Paso was like, hey, let's try this. Um, they did test it three prior sites in New Mexico and two in Colorado, I believe. One in New Mexico and two in Colorado. And we're heading up towards Wyoming. And the people in Wyoming heard about it. And Pinedale is just going to be south of them, like 19, 20 miles south of Pinedale. Uh, they heard about it and they're like, no, this is stupid. And it, a bunch of people, ranchers, teachers, housewives, business people, just students, just p- all people from a normal town of 2,000 people were like, we got to stop this. So this group of people, they formed the Wagon Wheel Information Committee and they um, they they started fighting and they started learning all they could about atomic fracking and they they learned a lot. They put together... Uh, 
a paper uh, and ended up, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, um, but they started learning what was going to happen. They learned that they're going to detonate five hundred kiloton nukes in several minutes of each other, sequential order, uh, underground. So that's five 1,000 kiloton nukes underground, 20 miles from their town. And the people the, from the El Paso Gas Company said that it, it was going to be safe, that it wasn't going to hurt their structures or anything like that. And they're like, we we, we saw what it did in Japan. Mm-hmm. And you're telling us this isn't going to do anything? Then they also found out that 3 billion cubic feet of radio radioactive gas was going to be released and burned after all this, after they detonated this stuff. So to get rid of the radioactive gas, they were going to burn it. They also learned that everything downwind of that burn area, uh, the cattle there, that they wouldn't be able to drink the milk. They wouldn't be able to eat anything that ate the grass. And they found out that n- that nothing had been, nobody had taken into account any of the wildlife eating that stuff and what that was going to cause. The environmental impact wasn't looked into too heavily. And they found all this out, and they got all this information together. These people from from Pinedale, Wyoming, got together and they went to to D.C. to fight it. They talked to the EPA. They talked to some other people. They got it stopped. That's awesome. Yeah, and it does some, that really happen? Little people, people from small towns. No, well, I'm talking about the atomic fracking. Well, they did it. They did it three times before that. They did three blasts in the last one, the one that was right before uh, what they were going to do here in Pinedale. Um, so they did three blasts at that one. This one's going to be five blasts. And El Paso, they found out that, you know, I told you they were going to burn the gas. Mm-hmm. They also found out that El Paso could uh, store the gas, but it was going to cost them more money. So the profitable thing to do was just burn it and let it get released into the atmosphere and then live somewhere else so they didn't have to deal with it just Mm -hmm. they're gonna build a mansion on the beach with their profits and not worry about wyoming or anything east of them uh downwind so it um it was a big mess and and people were pretty impressed of what the but the people from pinedale did and um you know some people say that it that they really didn't stop it uh because it is it hasn't officially been canceled the project hasn't been officially been canceled but it was never funded um they did find out that it didn't really work the atomic fracking didn't really work they're supposed to create a chimney like the blast was but it ended up the blast were so big that instead of like creating fractures it fused stuff together mm-hmm. so it it like it didn't do what it's supposed to do so it wasn't cost effective it didn't work so that's good but they so they stopped doing it thank goodness uh, but yeah, when they went to DC, this is cool. I told you they went to see the, the EPA and I jumped around a little bit there. Um, but they actually, one of the guys went on the today show, uh, Floyd, uh, Bousman, I believe he appeared, uh, with Philip Randolph from El Paso, uh, gas company. And, uh, Bousman was like a rancher. He was from Wyoming, kind of cowboy, looked like a cowboy. He looked a lot better. You know, he kind of put the other guy down and like took everything that the guy threw at him and, and threw it right back. And, and made a uh, made it known you know nationally what was going on so that's a that's pretty neat the the wagon wheel information committee they uh they kept meeting too until 2006 they would meet every year 
just to go over and make sure everything was good since it since the project hadn't been have never been canceled they didn't want to cancel themselves either and uh but they did in 2006 they they realized you know that they had stopped it nothing was going to happen so there is a documentary that i watched it's on pbs uh, i watched it on the pbs app i went to atomic fracking it's called what's that no oh. it's called atomic <laughs> fracking in wyoming the story of project wagon wheel that's a pretty good documentary to watch and um so that's, that's that's a really neat story. 2,000 people, you know, a lot of times we'll throw a dart and get to a town where, you know, there's not a lot of inter- interesting things going, but this is that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I watched another short documentary on uh, on the, the path of the pronghorn. Um, you can go to Visit Pinedale's uh, YouTube channel and see this and see some other cool stuff about Pinedale while you're there. Uh, but the path of the pronghorn in this part of the world, in Wyoming, there's a huge uh, pronghorn population. I want to say pronghorn deer. They're not. They're pronghorns. They're different than deer, but they're they're that size of an animal, and kind of have that look. They have horns. Uh, males and females both. Uh, there's also elk and mule deer out there, uh, but they all migrate. There's a they migrate from their their summer grazing grounds to their winter grazing grounds. The winter grazing grounds are down, down around Pinedale, and the uh, their their summer uh, grazing grounds are up around the Grand Tetons uh, National Park up that way. So there's this whole herd of a whole population of pronghorns that that travel through this area and down to Pinedale and down south of Pinedale. Um, and every year they were they're having to cross highways. They're having to, uh, and with 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 growth and roads and 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 people, uh, they kind of get bottlenecked down. And you know there's hundreds of wrecks every year caused by uh, people hitting pronghorns and other wildlife. So they, the people people got together and they got together with the state. Wildlife people did got together with the state. The state made overpasses and underpasses on the highways out there, mm-hmm. so that the animals can can uh, migrate uh, and and keep their natural migration routes. That's without, cool. Yeah, and they fence mm-hmm. built fences to kind of funnel them into those places, and uh, they're losing less animals uh, that way. So that's pretty neat. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I remember seeing seeing that stuff and the elk, the elk. Uh, Around Jackson, I haven't been south of Pinedale, but around Jackson, there's there was something there uh, where the elk grazed, mm-hmm. and uh, they would shed, they would shed their racks there, and I had they would. If you've been to to Jackson, then you've seen the arches. You might have even seen pictures of them. Mm-hmm. There's arches of uh, in Town Square of of elk, uh, the elk racks. So that's that's pretty neat. Uh, a lot of wildlife out there. All right, so uh, that's Pinedale in a little bit more than a nutshell. <laughs> I talked a little, a little bit about that. Uh, it is a, a really cool town. I enjoyed uh, looking them up, and and I'm going to. I'll be up out in Yellowstone again. And I'll take my son out there, and we'll go check that out sometime. And we'll. I'm going to make a point to go to Pinedale. I'm going to list all these places. You know, have a list, and if yeah. I'm close, I'm going to go to these little towns. That'll be fun. So yeah. All right, Shannon, it's your turn. What did you find? We're going to head to the crime part. Okay. 
So I'm going to dub this one the Hitchhiker. Is that, your, yes, is that what you're calling that's it? that's what I'm calling it, the Hitchhiker Pine Dill. On April 3rd, 2007, a 46-year-old Richard Nostrum was hitchhiking from Jackson to California to preach the gospel on foot. His father was a preacher, and he felt it was part of his legacy to spread the word. While on this journey, a family that was camping near Camp Creek Inn told authorities they saw Richard walking south looking for a ride with his thumb out. Richard found a ride with a 32-year-old man named Matthew Ray Vincent, who was on his own journey to Big Piney after just getting out of jail in Canyon County, Idaho. That's never good. Of course, I'm sure no. he, he didn't know that, <laughs> that he just got out of jail. Yeah, no. But that's the danger. What year was this? This yeah. was 2007. 2007, yeah. hitchhiking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I met uh, yeah, I, I, you don't think hitchhiking, like, any distance goes on you know somebody run out of gas people hitchhiking but i met we were were in yukon canada in dawson city yukon and uh there was a girl from that had hitchhiked she was from newfoundland canada and she had hitchhiked all through the united states and then back up into canada all the way back to dawson city oh yeah by herself no terrified and that was that uh, was two or three years ago, I guess. We met her, and that was a wild story. We're like, well, you did what? <laughs> were you, were you, you know, and we asked all those questions, like, were you scared? I'm like, no, not really. Oh, my God. I'd be terrified. The cops would check on me every once in a while, you know. Be like, are you okay? And they'd call back home and make sure, you know, I was who I was. You know, she told all those stories, and I was like, wow, hitchhiking still goes on like that. So, <laughs> Wow. So the pair drove off the highway about 15 minutes down Rim Road. According to Vincent's account of the story, Richard pulled out his pocket knife while in the car, making Vincent fear for his life, even though he said Richard never opened the knife. This caused Vincent to show his pocket knife and to stab Richard twice in the back of the neck and then throw throwing him out of the car. Vincent said he got a hold of a rock on the side of the road and beat Richard so hard that it caused multiple blunt force trauma to the head and the face that the pathologist in Loveland, Colorado, determined killed Richard. Richard's body was found two miles from the highway off of Rim Road. Vincent left the scene quickly but noticed he couldn't find his pocket knife, so he returned to search around the scene. Upon returning, though, he noticed Richard still breathing but left him there lying by the creek to die. Authorities believe that Vincent took Richard to a secluded location to rob him. The wounds that Richard received suggest that he was lying on his back while he was being struck in the head with rocks, leading investigators to believe that it was not an act of self-defense for Vincent, but rather a robbery gone gone wrong. When searching the crime scene, authorities found blood on several rocks and sagebrush near the body. The Wyoming State Crime Lab reported finding an unknown male DNA profile that was not Richard's on swabs from the brush and rocks. They entered this information in the National Database of DNA Profiles. So we're seeing this again. We've already done one crime where DNA has come in very handy on cold cases. After this, though, the case seemed to go completely cold. But seven years later, in 2014, Vincent was arrested for the third time in Idaho for a DUI. 
where he then went to a state prison. His DNA was collected at that point, where it had shown a match from the scene of the crime at Richard Nystrom's murder in 2007. After completing an investigation, Sublette County authorities charged Vincent with eight felonies, including first and second degree murder. He did confess to everything and gave full details on what happened and said he is the one who murdered him. Yeah, so that's how we know all those details about mm-hmm. the guy pulled the knife out on him and or yeah. pulled the knife out and made him nervous, so he stabbed him in the neck. Yeah, and hit him with a rock. And hit him with a rock. Yeah, in the back of the neck in the car. Which, yeah. he probably didn't do it in the car. He probably right. had him outside. That's natural, you know. God mm-hmm. opens a pocket knife, and you stab him in the neck. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. No, so that's not what happened. he is now in prison, as he should. As he should. Yes. But how cool this DNA is helping, you know, know. these cold cases from, from different states. I mean, this guy was in Idaho, but yeah, it happened great. in Wyoming. His body was... The victim's yeah. body was sent to Colorado, so there's just a yeah. long trail of... Uh, Things are getting better. I, You know, you hear stories, listen to true crime, watch true crime long enough, you see that a lot of stuff was botched back in the day uh, mm-hmm. with, with DNA. They might have collected blood samples, but it was lost, or they thought they didn't need it later and got mm-hmm. rid of it. Then DNA pops up, and you're able to use it. And Well, we collected it, but we threw it out, and, and whatever. Uh, but now... And then there's also different databases that aren't linked mm-hmm. uh, but that's starting to change uh i've i've heard recently and learned that that yeah that's starting to change that all these databases are starting to to uh, work together work together and there's there's been kind of a grassroots effort to do that where people are like hey let's we they, they can help and, and get that stuff uh together and kind of pull from all the information to get stuff done. Yeah. And that's pretty neat. But yeah, it DNA, is so awesome. DNA, that's great that people, I mean, even stuff from the, uh, where we, we talked last week. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, from the Golden 70s. State, the 70s, mm-hmm. 60s and 70s, stuff going on from then. Somebody had the wherewithal back then to collect samples. Mm-hmm. Just cause. I mean, it was there. So let's get it. And now, you know, yeah. 50 years later, that's great. It is. These families are getting closure now. He's getting what he deserves. That's right. Uh, So that's that's great. You got anything else on this case? I don't. (laughs) All right. It was pretty uh, to the point. There, Pinedale was seemed like a really nice town. There wasn't a lot um, that was happening or that had gone wrong there. Yeah, it's a small town. People are going to be pretty close and watch out for each other. You got Mm -hmm. a town of two thousand. And this, these people are going, you know, Wyoming, it's, it's, it's different. If you're from a big city, small towns watch out for themselves and you get 2000 people out West. There's not a, you know, no atomic fracking or no crime. (laughs) You're going to watch out. You're going to know everybody in town. You're going to watch out for people. Uh, There's not going to be a whole lot of, of, of craziness going on unless, you know, somebody comes from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a good thing. Pinedale, like you said, it looks like a nice town. It is a nice town. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, you can go to visit pinedale.org. That's their website. And from there, I'm sure you can link to their YouTube channel. Well, they've got several several videos, and you can see for yourself, um, well, through video, how beautiful it is. But if you, if you haven't ever been to Yellowstone, haven't ever been to Wyoming, 
You don't have to go to Yellowstone, but if you're in Wyoming, you might as well go to Yellowstone. But hit, hit, go through Pinedale, put that on your list. Uh, make that your route to get there. If you're from, uh, if you're, well, I didn't. I went to Cheyenne. I didn't go that way. But uh, I was fixing to say, if you're coming from Denver, you could probably make that a trip. Uh, we probably went towards Cheyenne just to to make a another leg or a longer leg on our trip. But you can easily get through Pine, get to Pinedale from Jackson. Uh, so just put that on your list and go out there. They've got uh, the Museum of the Mountain Man. I talked about talked about the fur trade there, so you can go to the Museum of the Mountain Man. Check that out. Uh, Fremont Lake. Uh, Skyline Scenic Drive. It looks like it goes up on the mountains. You can see down in the valley, all the rivers, and uh, looks like a pretty cool drive. Uh, the White Pine Ski Resort. Uh, where you can ski, ski out there in the wintertime. They've got you can Nordic ski, uh, snowshoeing, snow machining, ATV, biking, camping, climbing, hiking. I already said hiking. I think I don't know <laughs> anything. Horseback riding, hunting, fishing, golf. Anything you want to do outside, you can do it in Wyoming, and you can do it in Pinedale. So go check them out. Go get you a guide from Pinedale. Uh, have them take you out uh, hunting or fishing um, or backcountry hiking, whatever you want to do. They can they can hook you up in Pinedale. So beautiful town. Thank you, Pinedale. If you are from Pinedale, give us a shout-out on, on one of our, uh, one of our social, social media. media platforms. Uh, we told you our Instagram is yourtowncrimepod. Twitter's at crime underscore town. Facebook's your town crime podcast. And our Gmail or yeah, our Gmail email, uh, your town crime pod at gmail.com. So reach out to us. If you're from Pinedale, let us know. Say hey. Uh, we're gonna hashtag you. We're gonna we're gonna throw you all out there on social media so people can see how cool you all are and how beautiful your your town is and your and your community is. And um uh, so give us a like, and because uh, we're 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 gonna find you, and we're gonna like uh, like your socials too. So thank you very much. Yeah, right. where are we gonna go next for our ninth episode oh, next week? Oh gosh, yeah. it's going by so fast. It's so much fun researching these smaller towns. And I know, seeing yeah. what they have to offer, and you know, it's not much different than the small towns that or the small town that we live in. That's right. Yeah. So it's very cool. It is cool, and that that's. That's what, I always enjoyed that. You know, I talked at the, the first episode that I like to spin the globe and then look up and then encyclopedia or just wonder or whatever uh, what was going on in those towns or just learning learning town. I don't, I don't know, just being a little nerdy kid. You are such a just nerd, being Jason. a little nerdy kid. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I looked like a nerd when I was a kid. I had, yeah, I looked a lot more like a nerd when I was a kid than I do now, but I still, I am still a nerd. Uh, but... You know that was that was a blast when I was a kid learning about all these places, and now I like to travel and I like to go to these places, and and now I can, uh, and I love to do it. It's things slow down when you have kids, but I've still been lucky to go. I've been to Europe, and Shannon says I've been everywhere. So yeah, I've Traveling, got to travel man. a lot. I never never flew on an airplane until I was twenty five, but I've been a lot of a places lot of places since, since then. in the last fifteen, sixteen, oh man, 16, <laughs> almost seventeen years. Wow. So. I guess that is a lot of time to be able to do stuff. <laughs> so I've been to Europe a couple of times and Alaska and three times Hawaii. And, uh, Just rub it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you need, to, you need to go tell Ryan to take some of that vacation. You need to go. 
So yes. All right. Um. So who's is you it, through? No, it's your right. turn to throw the dart. Turn. All right. So you you aimed for Alaska last week, so I'm gonna. Uh, you have to aim for Alaska if you're. I did random two weeks ago, so I'm gonna try to aim for Alaska. Okay. All right, we're gonna pause it and see if I hit Alaska. Or I ended up hitting Arizona. We'll see how many tries it takes. No, I'm not. I'm not. If I hit Arizona, if I don't hit Alaska, then I'll I'll try one more time and I'll I'll, I'll aim in Alaska once and then I'll go for Continental. All right. Okay. <laughs> he did, we, did not hit Alaska. <laughs> I missed. I missed. Um, I barely hit the map and put a big hole in the bottom of it <laughs> in the border. Uh, so I threw again, and I got Arizona. So we, this is the first time we've been down in the southwest, down that far. We got Texas. It's not too far from – we're on the eastern eastern side of Arizona, southeastern, close to New Mexico, not too far away. So uh, not too awfully far from Andrews, Texas, but – we're a state away. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we uh, did a little quick search, and it's going to be. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm excited we, about this one. Pima. Pima. P-I-M-A, Arizona. Pima. Now, we're saying that before we've we've we got into it. If we were wrong about Pima, <laughs> we will correct ourselves <laughs> yes. next week. It might be Pima. Sorry, Pima. we're East Tennessee. <laughs> Pima. <laughs> Pima. 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 It might be Pima. It might be Pima. We apologize. If you live there, we will make it up to you next week. See, if you're from there and you're mad at us right now, next week you need to listen. Because then you'll love us. Then you're going to love us. We're going to we're gonna win your hearts back next week. <laughs> All right. So come back next week uh, for a ninth episode. And uh, have a great week. We're going to go uh, watch Fargo. We're still a week behind. Shannon says it's good. Yes. So yeah. far, so good. It was I mean, it's not as good as season one and two, All right. but it's not still, yet. It's, it's still first. Good. There's only been one episode, right? Yeah, but I know the season one and two had me from the first. Okay, Chris Rock made an appearance in the first yes. one. Yes. Okay, we got to catch up. So maybe it we'll, is very interesting. We'll you have to watch it. We might watch both tonight. Do it. My wife's on fall break, so yeah, do it. Catch up. I still got to work though. So <laughs> I took off last week while she was still in school, so I get things done. All right. All right, well, enough about us, and I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you back next week.